This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Friday, May 8th. Joining me today is my co-hosts, Ryan Wink, and the return of Tony Sanfilippo. How are you guys doing today? Uh, it's great to be back. I wish I could be on every day, but uh, happy to be back with you guys today. Well, we'll Welcome get, back, Tony. We'll get there eventually. So, uh, quick question for you guys. Um, how old were you when you first started driving? I was, <laughs> well, I think no one actually really taught me, and I was a pretty crappy driver, as you, you've ridden with me many times, pretty scary. Yes. So, I would say uh, 15 Okay. And not very well. Not very well at all. I, I was 11, and I started driving stick shift with uh, sitting on phone books. I lived in a rural uh, area of Alaska at the time, so my dad allowed me to drive first in the field in front of our house and then on the dirt roads. So I would drive miles at a time starting at 11. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I started out on uh, rider mowers and, you know, just obviously practicing that but uh yeah i was probably about 14 before i started originally driving uh you know had to learn stick shift which i think everybody should still learn but you know that's nothing compared to uh this story so a five-year-old utah boy who police caught driving his family's suv this week may have discovered that crime actually does pay that's because an adult who heard how Adrian Zamaripa stole the keys to the family's Dodge Journey, then started off to California to buy a Lamborghini, decided to give the kid a taste of supercar life with a ride around the neighborhood. Jeremy Neves, a local businessman, said he reached out to the Zamaripa family after the story of the kid's automotive exploit went viral. I'm absolutely inspired by the principles that he displayed of success, knowing what he wants and going after it, Nevis told the station. Nevis insisted he doesn't approve of Adrian's actions, though it kind of seems like he does. Quote, absolutely, I'm not encouraging kids to go out and take their parents' car and do anything else illegal, he said. I'm not advocating that at all. Clips of the Lamborghini Joyride show Adrian sitting on someone else's lap without a seatbelt, driving around the block with Neves behind the wheel of his dream car. This car's fast, the kid exclaims. So this five-year-old who stole his parents' car to go buy a Lamborghini, got a ride in a Lamborghini, but of course wasn't wearing a seatbelt after that. Um, I, 
I, I don't even know what to say to uh, <laughs> the decisions how, how far, that these kids and this kid is making. <laughs> how how far did he make it? You know, it doesn't say quite how far. Let's see. Um, I can't imagine he made it too far. Um, I'm not, and that's the thing. Like, how did he reach the like, gas? But like, obviously, couldn't be going too fast unless he's a super tall five year old. Well, he's not super tall, but he is. He is a bigger kid. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll just say that um, he doesn't look like he's five. He looks like he's ten. Oh, gotcha. Both. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, I mean, the fact that he at five years old managed to get anywhere driving is kind of impressive well without getting into a wreck without uh, you know driving up on the sidewalk you know that that takes some skill extreme (laughs) extreme skill like what does that tell you know like i wonder how many copycats it's like hmm johnny do you want to take the car out and we'll just not say nothing (laughs) well to be fair (laughs) when i was a toddler and uh, car seats could still be put in the front seat of the car. Um, I was strapped into the front seat. My mom had to run inside to grab something and I reached over and turned off the parking brake and the uh, car rolled back into a lamppost uh, back behind our house. (laughs) Yikes. So that's the closest I got to uh, driving at an early age. Uh, I never actually did that. My sister, when we were little kids, she took my mom's Mercury Cougar, uh, Cougar, Cougar, <laughs> and it's early. She jumped in and uh, she she got the parking brake done too. And we found the car in the middle of the road and people honking. And my mom couldn't figure out what it was. And it was my sister like hiding in the back seat of the car because she was all scared. So. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good thing we didn't live on a busy street or anything. In fact, it's the same. St- same house I grew up in, so little adventures from the get-go there. <laughs> yeah, where you grew up, uh, you know, luckily was sort of back back a ways, and so, uh, you know, there was not a whole lot of fear of, uh, you know, people either running into <laughs> your sister, getting her hurt, but, right. uh, you know, it's nice to know that she, uh, she walked out of it okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think the first time... Uh, My dad let me drive when I was 11. There was like an oncoming utility truck and I freaked out and pulled into the ditch. I just pulled into a ditch because, you know, that's it's a scary thing with oncoming cars for the first time at 11. You don't know the distance. So I I just. You just decided to ditch it. I ditched it. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) All right, folks, let's talk about today's show on this Friday. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. All right, on Fridays, this is our first Friday show, but uh, we want to start everybody in the right direction. And uh, we've got a segment that we're going to be doing every Friday called Good News, Everyone. We uh, are covering social distance dating. We have a call-in topic, so get those phones ready at 9.15 with a, uh, a contest that we like to call Punchlines. We've got obscure online classes, and then Ryan will wrap things up at the end of the show with This Day in History. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. Welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Friday, May 8th. Now, we've set up something called the Phoenix Line, which is a voicemail message line that uh, we want you guys to reach out to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let us know what you are up to, if you've got any uh, feedback on a subject we've been talking about here. Um, Leave us a message. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. Keep it entertaining. We'll put all of those together and uh, play those messages on a future show. Now, we are into the second segment of the show, and Tony is here with our entertainment news. All right, entertainment news for this funky Friday, May 8th. Let's roll it off with... One of my favorite people to talk about, uh, Andy Circus, is going to read the entirety of The Hobbit Online for Charity. And if you don't know who that is, that is precious. So Andy Circus sent, hi there, I want to invite you to come with me on an adventure on his GoFundMe page. So many of us are struggling in isolation during the lockdown while times are tough. So I want to take you on one of the greatest fantasy adventures ever written. A 12-hour armchair marathon across Middle Earth whilst raising money for two amazing charities, which are doing extraordinary work to those most in need in the UK, Best Beginnings, and NHS charities together. So starting today at 10 a.m., so that would be 2 a.m. Pacific time, so maybe they're they're currently reading this. And then, little Bear Bear Bagginses comes and says hello. Um, <laughs> Hopefully so, he doesn't do the whole story as Gollum. Maybe oh, he does the different character voices. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully he does the other. But he'll be embarking on a marathon, reading that from cover to cover, there and back again. they calling it a Hobbit-thon. So, That's impressive. Yeah, so right now... He's going to take you from uh, the roots of Misty Mountains all the way to the Dragon Smog and then see the Battle of the Five Armies. So if you're into that, that is going on today. Tommy, um, you, do a, you do a real good Smeagol, I got to say, man. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Um, my, my buddy Denny, his wife, Shelly, hates it. Creeps oh, really? her out. She always <laughs> says, get away with me, you that little creepy voice. <laughs> it's so good. Mass process. <laughs> Oddly enough, in the 12 hours that it'll take Andy Serkis to read the entire series of books, you could also watch the Hobbit movies in that same period of time. I swear, <laughs> each movie is like four hours long. <laughs> wow. And then there's that gag. I mean, I know it's Lord of the Rings, but that gag in Clerks too. And here's the first one. And they're walking. <laughs> and here's the second one. And the third one. And that's basically the trilogy of the spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> according to Clerks too. Um, in movie news, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt are going to be playing spouses with superpowers in a new film. Although Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt's Jungle Cruise has been delayed until 2021, the duo is already setting up their next on-screen pairing. The performers will play a bickering couple 
who received superpowers in the film called Ball and Chain. It's going to be based on the four-part comic book published in 1999. The script is by Emily Van Gordon, who co-wrote The Big Sick, and the story follows Edgar and Mallory Bolson, who have decided to throw in the towel on their marriage. Separation is all but certain until this mysterious meteor bashes the battling couple in extraterrestrial energies that give them superpowers. The only catch is they only work if they can learn to put aside their differences and work together. So Johnson and Blunt have already worked together on the aforementioned Jungle Cruise, which was going to be pushed here till July. Um, so right now it's looking, there's a bidding war for Ball and Chain. Many studios are interested, but right now it looks like Netflix is pulling out ahead as the likely destination for this film. So actually sounds kind of entertaining, and I actually really enjoy The Rock as an actor. He's awesome. I I like The Rock, too. He hasn't had a misstep since probably The Tooth Fairy, but uh, looking at The Jungle (laughs) Cruise, I don't know about that one. I'm I'm not quite on board. (laughs) That's from the the Disney ride, huh? It is. Oh, I, I wonder if that, they're adding right? the scene like where the ones uh, sunk back in January before this all happened. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, hopefully they show the backside of water. Yes. <laughs> That's for Disney fans out there. <laughs> I love that. Um, in other news, Jerry Bruckheimer uh, confirms that National Treasure 3 and a Disney Plus series is now in development. Grab your sack of Flint Rocks and Sextant because the National Treasure franchise is coming back in more ways than one. During a recent interview with Jerry Bruckheimer, Collider's own Steve Weintraub was given an update on the now-confirmed development of a third installment in the National Treasure film series. He was told that a series based on the franchise is underway at Disney Plus as well. We're We're certainly working on National Treasure for streaming, and we're working on one for the big screen. Hopefully, they'll come. They'll both come together, and we'll bring you another National Treasure. And they're both very active. The one for Disney Plus is going to be a much younger cast with the same concept, but just it's a younger crowd. Um, The the one for theatrical would be the same cast from the previous two installments. Um, The film version is being uh, penned by director John uh, Turtletop um, has Bad Boy's for life writer Chris Bremer in charge of penning the script. So the film version is being written right now. Television uh, version is in process. Pilot script is done and their outline of future episodes. So if you're a fan of national treasure, some exciting things coming ahead. I, I didn't know they had a second one. Actually, the second one wasn't half bad. I mean, it's uh, probably one of the better things that uh, Nicolas Cage has done lately, um, I, I guess, until the uh, Tiger King movie comes out. <laughs> oh, that's going to be gold. I can't wait. Carol you Baskin? Think- <laughs> You're going masking for Baskin? <laughs> <laughs> you gar- gosh darn tell you that's going to be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Joe Exotic, Ryan. That, that is. I, I I'm had working couple, on it. I had a couple of Joe Exotic fans tell me to go fund myself yesterday for telling <laughs> to put on a mask. I, I ain't wearing a mask. You're making me wear a mask? Well, go go fund yourself. Substitute the fun word with whatever you like. <laughs> so that was a highlight of my day yesterday. <laughs> I'd like to tell Carol Baskin to go fund herself. Oh, fun. <laughs> 
Speaking of fun, The Mandalorian Season 2 news. Nice segue. Uh, yeah, you like that segue into fun. Oh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> Um, it is. It has been reported as of yesterday. One man movie making machine, Robert Rodriguez of Desperado from Dust Till Dawn and Machete, Machete, and regular Marvel collaborator Peyton Reed, aka the Ant Man director, and its sequels have both confirmed they will be directing episodes of season two of The Mandalorian. The directors each revealed their news via Twitter, with Rodriguez quipping he had the rare privilege of directing the biggest star in the universe, and he posed with the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. Reed simply sharing a shot of his director's chair with Din Djarin's helmet perched on it. So great news for fans of The Mandalorian, both great directors. Um, Season two is going to uh, cast... uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, the breakout character from the recently wrapped up Clone Wars movie and TV series. So Star Wars fans have some exciting stuff to look forward to. They need to cast Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the point that they jumped the shark. But uh, Mandalorian. Hunter. The Mandalorian. (laughs) <laughs> the Mandalorian has been great about uh, bringing in different directors for each episode. The first season had uh, people like Bryce Dallas Howard and Taika Waititi, who directed uh, Thor, Ragnarok, and Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, it's nice to see that they're bringing in even bigger names for season two. Yeah, it. they talked about the biggest star in the universe, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Bring him on board. Bring him. Joe Exotic joins the Mandalorian season three. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Carol Baskins, we're going to space. Mother funner. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you, my heart jumped there a little bit. <laughs> I thought oh, you were oh, no there is there is water, my friend. This is not episode seven, Tony. This is Friday, Tony. I have to be professional. All right, Tony. Um, we've got time for one more story before you get to the uh, birthdays. The birthdays, yes. Last story, anyway. So this works. So the Simpsons, they're they're well known for predicting stuff. They predicted a pandemic and killer insects back in 1993. So the Simpsons have continued their streak of being pop culture Nostradamus. Fox Long running animated series, actually the longest running in history, has an episode from 1993, which appears to foreshadow the 2020 pandemic and murder hornets. The episode titled Margin Chains is in season four episode. Uh, a sick Asian worker um, sneezing a shipment of juicers that many of the residents of Springfield wish to purchase um, has the Osaka flu outbreak. And as people panic, they want a cure outside of Dr. Hibbert's office. Um, he says the only the only cure is a is a bed rest, and uh, I could give you a placebo. And someone's like, "Where do we get these placebos?" And they demolish a, a truck outside, knock it over, and a thing of killer bees come out. So <laughs> with, with killer hornets or murder hornets out, and everything going on in the world, um, and the Simpsons quote unquote predicted again. Some other things they predicted. Uh, President Trump back in 2000, uh, Lady Gaga playing the Super Bowl, Siegfried and Roy's Tiger Attack, and Disney buying 21st Century Fox, to name a few. So that's the entertainment news. All right, Tony, take us through today's celebrity birthdays. It's my birthday! 
I love that damn intro, man. It is so stupid, but it's funny. It makes me laugh. <laughs> so today's birthdays, I keep it real short. We are YouTube birthday freak. I'm not talking about them. So the first one I'll be talking about is Stephen Amell, Canadian actor known for his character in the CW television series, Arrow is 39 now on the birthday site says he's 38 but he's born in 1981 and that is not the true because i'm from 1981 and i wish i was 38 i am not um enrique iglesias grammy award winning latin pop artist is 44 and he still has a mole the mole 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 uh melissa gilbert laura ingles on little house on the prairie is 55 and first baseman for the san diego padres adrian gonzalez is 37 that is it for celebrity birthdays back to you christian thanks tone everybody stick with us when we come back we've got good news everyone To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we are back to the show. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Friday, May 8th. We are available all over social media. There's nowhere that you can't find us. And uh, each show is broadcast live on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Now, if you want to find me, I'm available over at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony dot Sanfilippo, S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony dot Sanfilippo 81. And Ryan's available at facebook.com forward slash Ryan dot Wink or on Instagram at Names Wink. All right. We want to take everybody into the weekend uh, on a plus note. Obviously, we're dealing with a lot of stuff out in the world right now. And so this segment is aptly named Good News, Everyone. Good news, everyone. All right, starting out, uh, my story is uh, 11-year-old Emerson has a serious letter-writing habit. She maintains active correspondence with over a dozen of her favorite people. And if you've been the lucky recipient of one of Em's hand-decorated letters or envelopes, then you have a pretty good idea of the joy they bring. A letter from Emerson is likely to include some art, a joke or two, a mention of her younger brother, confessions of her love for Taylor Swift, and enough questions to guarantee a response. So when she decided to thank our mail carrier, uh, or their mail carrier, for the service he provides, she left nothing out. In went Taylor Swift, in went the little brother, in went jokes, such as, why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're really good at it. Emerson wrote, I'm Emerson, you may know me as the person that lives here that writes a lot of letters and decorated the envelopes. While I wanted to thank you for taking my letters and delivering them, you are very important to me. I make people happy with my letters, but you do too. So she put it in the box and uh, smiled when they took it and thought that was enough. But uh, Sarah, who is their mail carrier and uh, as an essential worker, um, thought it was very interesting and uh, basically got a letter back to Emerson's family. Uh, I I won't go through the full thing, but just saying that she really appreciated, you know, the the respect and the 
the thought that went into thanking those who are still working during this time. Uh, obviously, the mail carriers have to, uh, you know, see a lot of people face to face. And, uh, you know, they are putting themselves on the line to make sure that everybody is getting their mail each and every day. So I'm going to post a uh, link to this uh, story on our Facebook page. So if you guys want to read, uh, you know, the entirety of it, uh, it will be there for you. Uh, now, Tony, do you have a, uh, a good news for everybody? I do have one good news story today, and it involves a movie star wrestler. So, oh, that did not play. So, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, John Cena goes above and beyond to help sick children. On Sunday, the WWE wrestler and movie star paid a visit to David Castle, a seven-year-old boy in Odessa, Florida, who has stage four cancer. Um, you gotta scroll down to the article. Cena went to David's home wearing gloves and a mask and met with the boy and his family. The meeting was arranged through Pasco County Fire Rescue in Tampa, Florida. David's mother, Tammy Miller, said the superstar brought an array of her gifts and son, including a pair of WWE championship belts, a hat, armbands, and an autographed shirt, as well as signed program and a bobblehead. Um, David, who will turn eight on May 10th, was diagnosed with Wilms tumor last fall and was already in stage four of the condition, according to a GoFundMe page set up by his family. The tumor has spread throughout his body. Miller said her son is still looking at several months of radiation and chemotherapy. Cena has done plenty of work with kids with serious illnesses and is the most sought-after celebrity to work with with Make-A-Wish Foundation. By 2018, he had granted a record 580 requests, a number that has since ballooned to surpass 600, the organization uh, told today. Cena has said every single wish has been memorable. They all stand out. The most important thing is making the experience special because it's their wish. It's a spectacular thing. When you give them happiness, they get an escape. You don't know the power of hope. Hope can equate to time, and that's absolutely priceless. So that is my good news story of the day, and I think it's really awesome that um, I can share the article. You can see pictures of young David with John Cena. He looks super happy for what he's going through. So Good news, everyone. What a good guy, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's wonderful when, you know, celebrities, many of them, you know, they, they spend their lives essentially playing pretend. You know, they they go, they uh, take on roles, and, um, you know, they get paid very well to do it. And it's nice to see those ones that come out and, and really um, embrace their celebrity and, and just brighten people's days you know you hear about uh, all of the avengers actors who go to uh, children's hospitals and uh, you know in costume and, and and greet their fans and you know it sounds like uh, john cena's got a good head on his shoulders yeah big ups john cena good on you no that was inspired <laughs> oh it's it's really inspiring that's that's really cool I, that's crazy six six hundred you said six hundred yeah, 600. he's been doing it for, I guess, years. I, I think that's just awesome that even, you know, now he's becoming a bigger act, you know, bigger in Hollywood, and, like, he still finds time to do these things. So that's really awesome. Yeah, it's inspiring to see through, you know, hard times, people really stepping up and, and doing positive things and, and uh, yeah, making a difference. That's great. Exactly. Ryan, do you have a uh, story to share with everybody? I got a quick one, but uh, I thought this was 
pretty good news here. Uh, a team of scientists in Kenya and the UK are hailing the enormous potential of a new strategy to control malaria. After discovering that a microbe completely protects mosquitoes from infection, quote, the data we have so far suggests it is 100% blockage, unquote, Dr. Jeremy Heron of the International Center of Insect Physiology and Ecology told BBC News, quote, quite a surprise. I think people will find that a real big breakthrough, unquote. Now, they are developing plans to spread the microbe through mosquito populations in infected regions in an unprecedented effort to eliminate the 400,000 deaths that result from the disease each year. Per year? Wow. 400,000. That's crazy. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, you know people for so long have been trying to uh, cure the disease or prevent the disease in humans, and that these guys figured out, well, why go after the humans? Let's basically uh you know go after the mosquito population and, and stop it at its source yeah it's uh i i didn't realize it was that many deaths per year four hundred thousand. that's that's insane yeah and we don't really see it here stateside it's obviously more in uh the, the tropical african regions that uh, it happens and you know of course mosquitoes thrive in those regions and pretty much grow to be the size of people's heads not quite but pretty close but uh yeah i mean it's it's a huge problem and uh, it's nice to see that people are uh taking it seriously and, and sort of thinking outside the box of how they can approach it absolutely very good well i i'd have to say that is definitely good news everyone all right, folks. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning into the show. Obviously, uh, with it being a Friday, we, we like to keep things happy and, and uh, you know, send you off into the weekend in a good mindset. When we come back, we are going to start talking about social distance dating and things that people can do when they are apart from one another. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. All right, folks, this is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Friday, May 8th. If you missed a portion of the show or you missed one of our previous shows from the very first week of uh, the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, you can catch up with the podcast available over at americamatters.us. Just look up the Christian Phoenix Radio Show there or anywhere you get podcasts. And I mean anywhere, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Anchor, Breaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. Um, there's 15 to 16 that we're currently on and adding more every day. While you're there, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you think, and uh, share it. You know, Let your friends know that uh, you're having fun every morning with us. Now, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and uh, as you guys who are watching can probably see, uh, Tony's in his car, but I wanted to make sure that uh, we included him on this because we're talking about dating in the age of coronavirus. And uh, what- Coronavirus! 
coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> I don't have a soundbite for it, so there you go. That sounded. I thought that was the soundbite. <laughs> the funny thing is, I did too. That was pretty darn close. <laughs> okay, good. A lot wow. of practice is paying off on that. Yeah, I can do it, Cardi B. Can you hit that one more time, please? Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tony, as our resident bachelor, you know, wanted to get his input on, uh, you know, what dating's been like for him and then give folks uh, some ideas of, you know, what they can do uh, when they do have a date. Yeah. So (laughs) being an expert in this is actually quite uh, embarrassing or maybe it's not super. I've been on the uh, online circuit for a while now and, uh, it, it, it hasn't gone well, obviously, in lockdown times. Like here in Colorado, you can't really do anything. All you can really engage in is a lot of chatter, and there's no real follow-up. Like, your questions are dumb. Like, so, what have you been up to? I've been in lockdown. What have you been up to? Me too. And then there's not really much uh, conversation you can build off of that. And uh, surprisingly, there's still a lot of people out there trying to date. I mean, I'm currently, embarrassingly, on uh, Tinder. And I've tried the Facebook online dating app. <laughs> and uh, there are some pretty pretty uh, ladies out there. I just, uh, when you match up, there's just no substance for conversation. It doesn't seem to trigger. And I, you've got to have the communication, the back and forth to really get to know someone. Cause obviously you can't go out on dates, but the conversation to get to know their personality is what you want to try to find. And, uh, so far it's finding somebody with uh, a good personality or someone that can hold a conversation hasn't been really good. So now that's I've, been the uh, pretty bad experience thus far. I've got to ask tone with your uh, profiles, whether it is Tinder or Facebook or uh, plenty of fish or whatever it might be. How, accurate is your profile to who you are because a lot of people lie well i like to say that i have tiger cubs and i have an exotic ranch which we know is not true (laughs) no i don't give away too much you never want to give too much away on the profile (laughs) <laughs> Whoa! Sounds like, sounds, sounds like Tony's joining the singularity. <laughs> yeah, and you also you kind of don't give away your height. <laughs> so, so in Tony's case, you know, Tony's not Chicks the, the tall, like short dudes. Tony's not I the mean, t- seven on a good day, sir. Yeah, so Tony, you're taking a on lot. On a good day, on my tippy toes, I could be five eight. You're taking a lot of pictures from down below to make yourself look taller, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, and another thing is, you're right. When you say people lie, holy cow! Like before the coronavirus, that was a bad one. <laughs> no, um, that was good. But, that was good. <laughs> before that, there was a date I went on with the girl. She, her pictures were gorgeous. Like she looked, and I know it's kind of shallow to say you're dating based off looks, but you've got to have that physical attraction. And uh, one of them, the girl looked so good. I was so stoked to go on this date. I should have known because we met at a pizza place. I should have known. And I, I go in the pizza place and I'm looking for this girl. Like, I'm like, Oh my, I'm so excited. And when I get there, um, not, not even close 
she's like, Tony! I'm like, <laughs> like, my heart sunk. I was like, <gasps> and she spotted me, and I was catfish because I was looking for Taylor Swift, and I got Mama June. So it was, <laughs> and I couldn't run. She knew who I was. I was screwed, and I'm too nice. It's my downfall. I'm too nice. I stuck around, and I had pizza with Mama June. Was she nice? She was nice. She had a good personality. And I know personality is a lot to me, but uh, sorry, I'm not into Mama June. No, you need that initial attraction. I, I, you I got to have that spark. I don't think that's, yeah. that's not shallow. And, and also, people can become more attractive over time. That's right. happened. That's happened to me. But there needs to be some sort of initial attraction. Well, and part of Absolutely. the problem is that, uh, you know, with Snapchat filters and all these things, you know, they can greatly alter the way that somebody looks or, you know, obviously portrays themselves online. And, uh, you know, I think honesty is the best policy. You know, you just put yourself out there as you are, you know, put a little bit of your personality there in the profile and uh, you have a better chance of actually getting a more real match as opposed to uh waiting through a lot of bs yeah i got a friend yeah. of mine i got a friend of mine he's a good friend of the show i'm not going to name any names but he had, he said he's been doing the online dating he's like i don't know i haven't been having much luck but on my profile all it says is probably not your type <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you you know try to work out who it is but <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so yeah, i don't know awesome. man it just says probably not your type i don't know what's going on maybe i should i think it. i'm gonna swipe right on that <laughs> <laughs> or you know which one suck too is sometimes when you're like doing like wolf oh we're, we're losing tony to the singularity again that's that's the joys of him being out in rural Colorado. Well, while we're waiting for him, <laughs> Ooh. a lot of the dating sites taken the elements of Tinder, which is big bucks. Nope, I'm back. Dang it. <laughs> well, while we're waiting for Tony to uh, reconnect, uh, here's a couple things that people can do dating during the coronavirus and it's mostly virtual dating so uh, one of the things is taking a tour of a museum so if you weren't bored enough you can uh, take a virtual tour of museums like Prado Museum in Madrid Spain or you can go onto YouTube and find walking tours of the Louvre in Paris uh, Google Arts and Culture and uh, it won't cost you a dime which uh, is, is probably for the best Something else you can do is you can watch a concert. Again, turning to YouTube, you can find full-length concerts from bands and artists, whether it's Queen at Wembley Stadium in 1986, Radiohead at Lollapalooza in 2016, or Billie Eilish at Music Midtown last year. There are so many concerts out there. Um, Tony, obviously we know concerts are your thing, but uh, would you uh, take a virtual tour of a museum with a date? I, it depends, like, uh, who I ended up meeting, you know. If it was good conversation and there was, you know, you know, good connection, then sure. I mean, you do anything you got to get creative. Yeah. You do. Well, that's if the I'm... thing. You... Yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no you're no, good, bro. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> no, you. No, no, you. You. No, 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 you. no, you. Now that I'm not frozen like Zach Morris, like that oh. or something, but... Uh... 
Yeah, you know, I you're right. You do anything, especially if you're trying to build a relationship, and this could could have the potential to be something more. Yeah, you do fun things like that. And plus, if it's just a virtual thing, it's kind of something you can look back and be like, remember that time where you tore to Billie Eilish? She was so good when her eyes went back in her head, and she said she was the bad guy. I didn't understand that. <laughs> I don't know why you would talk like that when you got older, but <laughs> especially if you don't live in the South. <laughs> yeah, I understand I... why you would. It's just, it's just good fun. It's all good fun. <laughs> well, here's something that sounds pretty interesting. Um, you know, obviously, escape rooms have boomed recently, and uh, people have started putting out uh, virtual escape rooms. And so you can work on how you solve problems together. Uh, an escape room, if you haven't tried one, is an immersive problem-solving scenario. You're literally in a room trying to follow clues, usually tied to a fictional situation in a limited amount of time. You can find some virtual translations online. For example, the Peters Township Public Library in McMurray, Pennsylvania, created a Harry Potter-themed room using Google Docs. If you're looking for a bit more of a challenge, the Escape Game offers a virtual escape room. Currently, there's a multi-part game called The Heist about an art thief, uh, art thief that you can get bundled for $17 or purchase those separately for $10. Is that something that uh, would be up your alley tone? Oh, absolutely. Um, that seems to be kind of a trend before the world got weird. Um, escape rooms are popping up all over Colorado, and um, <clears throat> I would definitely do it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Even if it was just with a group of friends, it'd be a blast. Yeah, I've actually been getting uh, on my Facebook feed an advertisement for something. Um, what is it called? It's like to catch a murderer or something like that, and it's a monthly subscription box that you can purchase, and they send you the story, you know, uh, each month, and you go through and you can, you know, try and solve the crime together. Now, something else you can do, and I know this would be up your alley tone, is uh, playing games either online or playing, you know, old school video games, and uh, it's nice to sit down and, uh, you know, sort of uh, just. You become nostalgic and, and play, you know, old Mario or old Zelda games, uh, you know, with the person that you're dating. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be fun to play some old school Mario Kart. Oh, Test your relationship uh, boundaries there. Don't use the bonnet. Don't use the red shell. Don't use the red shell. Sorry, babe. <laughs> hate, hate to burst your I'm balloon. I'm the winner. <laughs> it's me. I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> wow! 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 Woo! Ah! 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 Yeah, no, it. I I think that'd be a lot of fun. There's a lot of creative ways I think you can do it. Um, uh, with everything we're going through. Um, the only problem is, like you said, on my end, trying to do it, it's finding someone that keep a conversation with. They kind of die out real quick. Ladies, open call. For for those who can carry a conversation yeah. and are attractive to Tony, yeah. you got his socials. You got his socials earlier on. Just scroll back, hit him up. There you go. Well, folks, that's we, a good wingman right there. There you go. <laughs> got you. Got he's, you. He's, Thanks, a, he's a he's a man. All right, folks, stay tuned. We've got more to come. We're headed into our long break, but headed into the second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. Join us on the other side. Thank you. 
do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. second hour of this Christian Phoenix radio show on Friday, May 8th. I'm with my co-host here, Ryan Wink, and unfortunately we lost Tony to the singularity, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll see him again Monday, but uh, you know, uh, he had to go to work, do his day job, but uh, you got me, you got Ryan, and uh, how you holding up there, Ryan? I'm good. Not only do you have uh, us two, you've also got Palm Cruise. Wait, Palm Cruise over here? We've got Babe Root. And uh, chlorophyll Collins. So and, that's for that's for those watching. And uh, a, a little birdie told me that uh, there might be somebody uh, joining you uh, Monday. Yeah, there there might be a new dish. Nice, nice. Well, want to remind everybody that this is an interactive show. We want you all to call in at the end of the segment. Today we are doing a call-in contest for a $30 DoorDash gift certificate with a game we like to call Punchlines. And uh, you'll be calling in. We're going to take only the first five callers. You give us your best punchline. Don't give us the joke, just the punchline. And Ryan and I will decide which is the best and what we want to hear, obviously, the rest of the joke. It's got to be clean. We are out over the radio, so uh, no profanity. You can push the line a little bit, but uh, keep it mostly clean. But uh, again, that is for a $30 DoorDash gift certificate. Now, uh, one of the things we want to do in the segment right now, um, and I just realized I forgot to give people the number. That number is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Call in when we tell you to call in at the end of the segment, and uh, we'll go ahead and play that game. Again, 844-790-TALK, that's 844-790-8255, toll-free from anywhere in the world. So uh, if you are a prince in Nigeria and you feel like calling in for a $30 DoorDash gift certificate, by all means do so. Now, uh, we wanted to talk about some of our favorite stand-up comedy routines. Now, uh, in comedy, it's all about the delivery. And of course, you can see uh, what I did there with uh, you know the DoorDash gift certificate talking delivery and uh, comedy delivery and uh, you know wanted to play some bits from some of our favorite stand-up comedians now the first one is a comedian who unfortunately died way before his time uh, was huge in the early 2000s and uh, sort of followed along the lines of uh, comics like Stephen Wright in having just the most epic one-liners ever and I'm talking about Mitch Hedberg who uh, yes. let's uh, go and hear a little bit about uh, you know his his time uh, playing music 
can't floss my teeth, man. I can't get into the flossing thing. People who smoke cigarettes, they say, man, you don't know how hard it is to quit smoking. Yes, I do. It's as hard as it is to start flossing. <laughs> you seem jittery. Yeah, I'm about to floss. <laughs> I like cinnamon rolls. That's why I wish they made like a cinnamon roll incense. Because I don't always have time to make a pan. Perhaps I'd rather light a stick. And then have my roommates wake up with false hopes. <laughs> played in a death metal band. People either loved us or they hated us or they thought we were okay. <laughs> a lot of death metal bands have intense names like rigor mortis or mortuary or obituary. We weren't that intense. We just went with injured. Later on, we changed it to acapella as we were walking out of the pawn shop. So that was Mitch Hedberg. Again, his one-liners, you know, my favorite is, uh, you know, when an escalator breaks down, it shouldn't have a uh, sign that says temporarily out of order. It should say escalator temporarily stairs. Um, You owe it to yourself to go back, find some old YouTube videos of him. Now, uh, one of the uh, comedians that Ryan recommended, if you want to give us a little, your insight on uh, Bill Burr, who I love personally as well. Yeah, I Bill Burr is one of my favorites. Uh, I've been following him for a long time. He's he's got a good new one out. He's got a few Netflix specials that are worth checking out. Everything that he's put out is hilarious. He's uh, from the East Coast, and he's just got this angry undertone kind of with everything, and he just doesn't miss. And if you get a chance, check out his rant in Philadelphia where he belittles the entire crowd. I think it's for 13, 12 minutes. He, he belittles the entire crowd and city and ends up turning the crowd back in his favor. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Let's hear a little bit about uh, or from Bill Burr. My girl took me to a street fair recently, right? You know, they close off the block. There's like shawarma. There's like stuff made out of buttons, right? People with no teeth are making keychains, right? It's a typical girlfriend idea. It sucks, and it's going to take all Saturday, right? (laughs) No, we show up, right? The first thing she sees is this big table, nothing but homemade jewelry, right? Homemade jewelry. It's got twigs, macaroni in it. It's just, it's a table of crap. It's crap. The whole thing is crap. But she loves it. She's like, oh my God, look at these earrings. Do you like these? Do you think these are nice? I just want to be like, no, they were nice. They'd they'd be in a store, all right? (laughs) But I didn't want to ruin a day, so I'm like, yeah, go ahead, check it out. I'm going to go get some air. Even though we're outside, I think there's more air to be had, right? (laughs) So I walk like three, four tables away, and I come up to this lady. She got this big table of nothing but muffins. Muffins, right? It's like 85 degrees out. She's selling muffins, and she's got this big stupid, oh, look at the muffins I made, look on her face. And the second I saw that, that part of my brain was just like, dude, what would happen if you just walked up and just said, hey, lady, uh, are these your muffins? Oh, yeah? And I just started going, quack, 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 quack. Like, how many of these muffins could I mush before anybody did anything? 
I think I could have got the whole tape. Because <laughs> even if you saw me doing that, it would take at least five to six seconds to process. Like, did they say he could do that? <laughs> is it like a game? Do you eat the muffin off your fist? That just seems like a waste of pastry. <laughs> you know, there's no security at a street fair. There's no bouncer staying there. He's mushing the muffins. Okay, I'm on it. Sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Just choke me out. So I just started thinking of the horrified look on this lady's face as I started slamming these muffins. And out of nowhere, I just started laughing like a maniac. I'm like slumped over this fried dough cart. I'm dying. My girl looks at me. She's like, what the hell are you laughing at? And like an idiot, I actually tried to explain this screwed up thought to her. I swear to God, I'm just sitting there like, I was just thinking... What if I started punching the muffins? You know what I mean? I just started punching them. She's just looking at me like, why do I go out with you? Dude, but I swear to God, if I never broke eye contact the second I started hitting those muffins, that lady, she wouldn't even been able to call for help. I would have been in her head. She'd be like, did I go to high school with this guy? Why would you do that? Muffins are a happy food. I, I don't understand this. <laughs> Muffins are a happy food. All right, before uh, before we get to our last clip, again, wanted to remind everybody at the end of this segment, call in 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255 for our punchlines contest. Give us your punchline. Don't give us the whole joke. And uh, the winner will get a $30 DoorDash gift certificate. Now, I want to leave you guys with uh, probably the ultimate king of comedy george carlin uh, can't be beat and uh this next bit that he does is very apropos to what we're dealing with right now because that's what americans do now they're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling the illusion of security what we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs there's another thing germs where did this sudden fear of germs come from in this country have you noticed this the media constantly running stories about all the latest infections salmonella e coli hantavirus bird flu and and americans are they panic easily so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands trying to avoid all contact with germs it's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous lengths in prisons before they give you a lethal injection they swab your arm with alcohol <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. <laughs> so that was George Carlin. Uh, just a classic. Always worth going back. I think Amazon Prime Video has a number of his stand-up specials. Well, folks, the phone lines are now open. Give us a call, 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255 from anywhere in the world uh, for a $30 DoorDash gift certificate. Give us your punchlines. And again, it's only open to the first five callers. So call now. We'll see you guys on the other side.
Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. All right, folks, we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Friday, May 8th, here with my co-host, Ryan Wink. Ryan, uh, how are you holding up? I'm doing all right. It's Friday, feeling good, got the coffee in my system, and I'm just, you know, I'm happy. Life is good. And I heard you got a 10 out of 10 sleep today. I did. I got such a good night of sleep. I think I fell asleep at 8.30 last night. 10 out of 10. What is that? Woke up around 6.30. So what is that? 10 hours if if my math serves me correctly. It is. Nah, that sounds like a great sleep. I wish I could get 10 hours of sleep. Well, folks, yeah, it's been a while. We are in the middle of our call-in contest uh, called Punchlines. We want you to call in right now. We've got uh, one caller on the line. We've got room for four more. Uh, Call that number, 844-790-8255, 844-790-TALK, toll-free from anywhere in the world. Don't be shy. It can be the most ridiculous joke. It could be a kid's joke. It doesn't matter. It's just worth trying, and uh, you can get a $30 DoorDash gift certificate if uh, we want to hear the rest of the joke. Uh, With it being a punchline, it's all about delivery. And speaking of delivery, that is why we're giving away the DoorDash gift certificate. So uh, right now, let's go ahead and go to our first soul caller on the line and uh, give everybody else a chance to call in and uh, try and take it away from who we have right now. And uh, who are we speaking with? Uh, My name is Joe. Hi, Joe. How you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. I appreciate you calling in. Um, are you a big stand-up comedy fan? Absolutely. I love George Carlin. I'm uh, 62 years old, and uh, that took me back. Thanks. Yeah, not a problem. He's got some wonderful bits. Um, if you folks ever get a chance um he does one all about uh, the airplane announcements uh, you know before you take off and it is a absolute classic uh now joe why don't you go ahead and give us your punchline? okay gonna be in a uh hip boy ain't no worry to fuss just gonna be you and me oh. <laughs> right on <laughs> yeah nice joe <laughs> That's one that I'll definitely want to uh, hear the rest of. Now, uh, we're going to put you on hold real quick, Joe, give people a chance to uh, call in. And uh, nope. if they don't, you know what? You're the sole winner. So, uh, Well, since we got Joe on the line, let's can we hear that one more time? Yeah, can might as deliver well. Deliver that punchline. Ain't no worry to bust. Just going to be you and me. I like the commitment to the <laughs> <Okay>. delivery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on, Joe. You ain't from around here, are you, boy? (laughs) (laughs) Hang tight, Joe, and let's give uh, folks a chance to call in. Uh, Again, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. We understand that, you know, people can tend to be a little shy, and and calling into a radio show is is a little nerve-wracking, but, uh, you know, it is one of those things that, hey, if you don't try, you don't win. And uh, we are giving away that $30 DoorDash gift certificate to the winner. As of now, it's it's looking like it's going to be Joe. But, uh, you know, just while we're buying a little bit of time, uh, Ryan, are there any other stand-up comedians that uh, really influenced you throughout the years? Uh, 
Yeah, um, definitely. There's and there's some really good stuff on Netflix right now. Um, uh, Dave Chappelle is a classic. The Chappelle Show. He's got a few specials that have popped up in the last couple of years. Uh, he just received the Mark Twain Award uh, for co- I, I I'm not exactly sure what the award is called, but they have a special that's good, and he does a good little bit at the end, and it shows him doing a couple of bits. Ronnie Chang has a good one on Netflix right now. He's a correspondent on The Daily Show. And uh, Tom Segura is another one who's got a – he just dropped a new special. He's got a lot of good stuff. He's got a great podcast as well. He does, yeah. Um, Burt Kreischer has a new one on there. Um, You've got uh, Jim Gaffigan. You can find pretty much all of his on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, Chris D'Elia just dropped a new one on Netflix. Um, Eliza Schlesinger, she's hilarious. And uh, she was just in the movie um, Spencer Confidential with Mark Wahlberg. Well, you know, it doesn't look like we've got anybody else. So uh, let's go ahead and go Back to Joe, so we can hear the rest of the joke. Joe, you are our winner. Why don't you go ahead and give us the rest of your joke and then the punchline? Okay, you can uh, you can just put this scenario in any area, but anyway, I'll just do it uh, like it was myself. So I was living in Anchorage, Alaska. I lived there for seventeen years, and uh, I was getting kind of tired of the city life and the party scene, so I moved out to Wasilla, Alaska, on 40 acres. And I was there my first day. I'm right on the river. I'm sitting on my deck, and all of a sudden I see a four wheel four wheeler pull up to my driveway. There's a little trail of dust behind it. He gets off his four wheeler. He had about four teeth hair all over his back. He had coveralls on. He goes, "Hi, my name is Clem." I said, "How you doing, Clem?" He goes. Looks like you just moved in. I'm just letting you know I'm having a little party at my cabin right up there about a mile away. I said, you know, Flam, this is my first day here. I kind of want to chill out. I was pretty tired of the party scene. And he says, well, you ain't never been to one of my parties. Oh, I'll tell you what. There's going to be music, dancing, drinking. Now, there might be a fight breaking out. But after that, there's going to be a lot of love. I said, well, shoot, man, in that case, uh, I think I, I think I'm going to go. Do you, you need me to bring anything? There ain't no need to fuss. just going to be you and me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You, you know, Joe, even if we had other callers, I, I think that one still might have taken the cake. Well, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Well, Joe, hang on the line in the break. Uh, we'll get your information so that way we can send you that $30 DoorDash gift certificate. And uh, folks, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to be talking about obscure online classes you can take while you're in the comfort of your own home. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. All right, folks, we are back with the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. This is Friday, May 8th. And uh, as we mentioned at the top of 
the first segment, want to mention it again that uh, we want to hear from you guys anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you just missed our punchline segment or favorite comedian segment and decide you want to chime in or you're catching us on the podcast or a replay of the video, uh, by all means, give us a call on the Christian Phoenix line. Uh, that is 855 855- F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or for those of you who don't have the alphanumeric keys, 855-336-4973 on any topic, just to check in, tell us how you're doing, keep it entertaining, we'll put all those together and play them in a future segment. All right, wanted to cover in this segment, uh, obscure online classes. Now, it's no secret that, uh, you know, doing things online and virtually during the lockdown has become more popular than ever with people offering yoga classes and workout classes and, and uh, um, uh, cooking classes, uh, you know, things that will help you in your everyday routine, something you may not have had time to uh, get into when, you know, you were going to work every day. And uh, it's awesome that we live in an era where technology can accommodate that. But we don't want to cover those classes today. We want to talk about things that uh, are a little more on the obscure side that are being offered up. For instance, Georgetown University, and a lot of these are from big universities. Georgetown is offering Quantum mechanics for everyone. So some think that the discussion of quantum uh, mechanics is something reserved for physicists, but in a free online course, you can learn the basics of this branch of physics without having to do any complicated math. One lesson even covers how you can see something in the dark without a flashlight. One thing to do if you are completely bored and you've run through all of the other classes. Is that one you would take, Ryan? Heck yeah. How about, how about this one from Yale? The class is called Death. This Yale <laughs> philosophy course that can be taken online whether or not you're an enrolled student doesn't shy away from the fact that we're all going to die. Instead, it hypnotizes, uh, sorry, not hypnotizes, whew, reading at this time in the morning, it hypothesizes on whether the end of life isn't the end of life entirely. Um, that one sounds fascinating. Yeah, it sounds like a killer class. Oh, oh man. I'm telling you. <laughs> that sounds like a killer class. Hold on, hold on. There we go. Woo! And for those of you who have been following us throughout this first week of the Christian Phoenix Show, I've got a whole slew of sound bites that uh, I've lined up to go through this weekend, load up, and uh, so we'll have more than just that when uh, uh, Ryan drops a, a, a terrible you, pun, or a good pun, you got depending that, on how you look you at got it. That cute, you got it queued up? I got another one. Yeah, I do. I took that class. It's to die for. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep this one handy because I have a feeling there's uh, quite keep a few coming. Handy. All right. Uh, here's one for you. Furniture making by MIT. Tired of buying, book, uh, of buying the bookshelf from Ikea that everyone else has? Learn through its free online course about furniture design, history, and different woodworking techniques. By the end, you'll be able to build yourself a completely unique piece of furniture. Of course, you still have to leave the house in order to get the wood, the tools, uh, the glue, the nails, everything that you need, but you can still learn from the comfort of your own home. That's a class I would like to sit in on. <laughs> are, are you a handy guy, Ryan? Are you uh, somebody who likes to work with your hands? I'm not. I mean, I can do 
simple basic stuff i'm just more of a creative i'm more of an artiste if you will as you can tell from my the beautiful jokes and puns i create but i'm i'm not the most handy sorry ladies <laughs> well put it this way you, you've got nice soft hands then i do i i wash dishes with the best of them i cook i do cook all right i cook and i clean and I write songs. Hey, that's and something make people make terrible for. jokes. <laughs> well, let's see if you can come up with uh, something for this next one. MIT is offering an online course called Street Fighting Mathematics. In a very tongue-in-cheek way, this course teaches things like dimensional analysis and extreme cases reasoning to help you when you're trying to block a punch or take a leap in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, yeah, I heard that class was a real hit. <laughs> that, that's a good way to fill up the block of time from 9 to 10 a.m. Oh, that's a that, that that was a stretch there, Ryan. Don't don't even don't even drum that one. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, nope. That's a good way to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's one that actually has been gaining in popularity, especially, you know, we were talking, I think, a couple days ago about uh, ESPN, and, uh, you know, they've got to fill 24 hours a day of programming, most of it live. Obviously, SportsCenter usually takes up a lot of that, but there's nothing to talk about. So, eSports has been a huge thing, uh, obviously, with Snoop Dogg, and uh, even, you know, I'm a Formula One racing fan, and uh, they're not able to physically drive cars, but they've... Uh, the drivers have been participating in uh, virtual driving, virtual esports. Uh, so online, you can take a course uh, on how to become a pro esports gamer. Um, basically, you can—it's uh, paying tons of money. It's lucrative from tournaments, and uh, on Udemy, you can take it for just ten dollars and ninety-nine cents. Uh, are you much of a gamer, Ryan? I'm a Nintendo guy. I'm talking first generation. I have one of those small Nintendos with hundreds of games on it. So, you know, Mar the original Mario Brothers, Excite Bike, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, that's, that's my speed right there. Yeah, kids these days won't know the joy and frustration of either having to pause a game that you're hours into just to go eat or go to school and then come back to it and hope nobody bumped into it, giving you that terrible blue screen of death. Um, or the frustration of, you know, you'll get 99% through a level, die, and have to start all over again. You know, now there's safe points everywhere, and, and you know, kids don't have that sort of patience. How about blowing into a cartridge oh. <laughs> just to make it work? All the things that we used to have to do to make a Nintendo cartridge work. Ah, the good old days. The good old days. Oh. You know, where you used to call someone and tell them you'd be somewhere at a certain time, and then you just had to be there. <laughs> and pray that they actually showed up. You can't uh, text them and say, hey, where are you at? Exactly. Or just knock at a door. Yep, yep. Back when people actually showed up to a house. Back in my day. <laughs> I'm that guy now. We're th we're those guys. We are. You know that. It's sad. All right. Another online course you can take uh, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of its offshoots have brought comic book and superhero culture further into the mainstream more than ever before, apparently even into academia and philosophy. 
in the edX course Power and Responsibility, Doing Philosophy with Superheroes, created by Smithsonian X and Harvard Division of Continuing Education, you can study the philosophical quandaries of Spider-Man's struggle with great power and responsibility or Superman's duty to uphold truth and justice. That's a course that I'd, I'd enjoy. I'm a big uh, uh, comic book nerd. I, I, you know, The fact that the MCU is a thing now is something that the little kid in me is just excited every time something new is released. And... Uh... They had Spider-Man involved, and you could take that class on the web. <laughs> I, I should I should know better just to have my hand hovering over it. Oh no, seriously though, that that class sounds super, man. <laughs> That's a twofer. Uh, eventually, we'll have some more to uh, to play to uh, Ryan's puns, but uh, in the meantime, here's another course that you can take. Trekkies rejoice. You can take an entire class tracking Star Trek's widespread influence on society. Star Trek, inspiring culture and technology from edX probes how the series' many movie and TV incarnations tackle topics such as race, gender, sexuality, and ethics, and how it still shapes our technology and society. Now, I find a lot of people toe the line. They're either hardcore Star Wars or hardcore uh, Star Trek very few are fans of both. Uh, where do you fall in that line, Ryan? Uh, very few. In that very few margin. I I watched Star Trek uh, growing up. I watched Star, Star Wars growing up, and I didn't pick a side. You are one of the rare exceptions. Now, I've always fallen on the Star Wars side of things, which you know was always more about... Um, you know the the fantastical um, uh, you know action and you know the story relationships where Star Trek was very um, very brainy and you know I can appreciate where um, a lot of technology that uh, you know Star Trek fans you know they grew up with this technology and now that they're older they're able to make it a reality I mean just look at cell phones um, as a version of the Star Trek communicator it's really pretty interesting yeah i i think about the just bit facetiming the way that we're doing this you know a lot of this stuff was presented you know demolition man for example showed this i'm sure star trek did as well i mean video chatting we're living in the future man i'm in my living room with my plants <laughs> i'm just waiting for the food replicator to become a thing Let's go. All right. And then finally for a class, if you're just bored at home and you really want to mess with your family, for $12.99, you can learn how to hypnotize people. In this Udemy class, you'll learn how to hypnotize with rapid and instant inductions and get a crash course in the basics of hypnotherapy, pocket watch not included. Uh, I mean, I guess if you got nothing else to do, Hypnosis is one way to go. Fo I don't know if that's smart. Just <laughs> teach whoever how to hypnotize. <laughs> Folks, stay with us. We're headed into our final segment where Ryan will take us through this day in history. We'll see you on the other side. To join the conversation, Call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. Well, folks, we are in the home stretch of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, May 8th. 
For those of you who have joined us from the very beginning, uh, which was Monday, this is the completion of our fifth show, and we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in, listening, watching. Uh, if you did miss a portion of today's show or you want to go back and check one of the older shows, we are available anywhere you get podcasts. You can head over to americamatters.us, look up the Christian Phoenix radio show, or go Anywhere that you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, 16 I think we're on right now with more being added every day. While you're there, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you think, and obviously share. We want uh, more listeners, we want more people to join in the fun, and uh, I think we're off to an awesome start so far uh, with this very first week of shows. What do you think, Ryan? I agree, man. This has been super fun. Uh, I've enjoyed this first week. All the, you know, it's it's nice to connect with you and Tony and bring Billy on board and our regular callers. And I'm excited about the future. And uh, we got a we got a week down, and I look forward to many more, sir. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Well, since this is the last segment of the show, as we do each and every day, Ryan's going to take us through this day in history. All right, folks. It is Friday. Happy Friday. And this is the final segment of the week, which is This Day in History, which we're working on a sound soundbite for. But right. until then, I will do that. <laughs> I wish I had a filter that I could echo your voice through. I mean, that would work, too. This Day in History. <laughs> I'll do that in the meantime. Let's let's get to it. May 8th, 1886. The soft drink Coca-Cola is invented by John S. Pemberton. He called it, quote, esteemed brain tonic and intellectual beverage, unquote. He had created an opium-free pain relief medicine to alleviate his addiction to morphine, which started as a result of wounds received in 1865 fighting in the Civil War. The result was the very popular French wine coca, which was made from Peruvian coca, wine, and cola nut. In 1886, Atlanta and Fulton County passed prohibition legislation, forcing him to make a non-alcoholic version in which he substituted syrup for the wine and called it Coca-Cola. Interesting. So now... I, you always hear those rumors that uh, you know Coca-Cola originally had cocaine in it, um, but it sounds like based on what you just said that that might not be true. Well, it had coca. So coca is different than cocaine. Coca is the leaf which many indigenous peoples in South America have been using for a long time. Cocaine is a more synthetic derivative of that. So it had coca, not cocaine. All right. Well, either way, I mean, Coke is my go-to soda. I prefer the uh, Mexican uh, Coke that you can get from Costco that has real cane sugar. And uh, I'll always say, get in my belly. Nice. 1902, the man who lived through doomsday, a volcano outside the city of St. Pierre on Martinique Island erupts, killing almost all of the 30,000 inhabitants within a matter of minutes. Fatality. Luger Silbaris survived because he was locked in a prison solitary confinement cell. The night before the volcanic eruption, Silbaris got into a fight and was thrown into jail overnight for assault. 
the single-person cell was a bomb-proof magazine with stone walls partially underground with no windows, and the only opening was a small slit in the door facing away from the volcano. Early on the morning of May 8th, the Mount Pele volcano on Martinique Island erupted, sending a cloud of ash and rock at speeds of up to 100 miles per hour into the city of St. Pierre. The cloud reached temperatures of over 1,830 degrees Fahrenheit, flattening, flattening the city and burning or suffocating almost the entire population in less than a minute. Silvaris urinated on his clothing and used them to block the vent in his door. Although Silvaris managed to avoid breathing the deadly searing hot fumes, he still received deep burns on his hands, arms, legs, and back. He wasn't found until four days later when rescue teams heard his cries for help. The only other survivor of the 30,000 people in the direct path of the lava flow was a girl who, when the volcano began to erupt, jumped into a boat and rowed to a cave where she and her friends used to play pirates. Wow. That's a hell of a story. I'm surprised <laughs> I never that, heard that. I'm surprised it hasn't been made into a movie. Right? Hey, you know, Hollywood, if you're listening, uh, you can uh, buy the rights to that and uh, credit uh, Mr. Ryan Wink and myself uh, for... Giving you the idea. We're happy to be executive producers, you know. We just want a, pe- we want a piece of the pie. We want a little taste of the glory. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> you know, that, that's a perfect segue into the next one, because in 1912, the film studio Paramount Pictures was founded. Nice. You know, Paramount is one of the uh, smaller studios, and as of right now, they are owned. Who owns them? Yeah, because everybody's either owned by everybody's either owned by Sony or Disney at this point, Um, and in fact, uh, Marvel, who uh, you know they're their own studio now, of course now owned by Disney, uh, started uh, uh, distributing their movies through Paramount Pictures, and uh, you know then of course you know they moved away from that, and I'm sure Paramount's kicking themselves for letting that go. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm not sure who owns uh, Paramount, but they brought us movies such as The Godfather, Titanic, Indiana Jones, Shrek. They brought us some good stuff. I'm sure there's a Transformers. list. <laughs> What's that? Transformers. The, oh, Transformers. Yes, the Michael Bay abomination. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> he, he, he mean mugged me one time in a juice bar in L.A. He, he seems like the type of guy who would mean mug you. Yeah, he really, and then then he spilt juice on his hand as he tried to jam the straw in hurriedly, <laughs> as he mean mugged me. <laughs> I, ch- I think it'd be a good fight. I, I think you could take him. <laughs> if you're know. listening, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I just t- I just took an online street fighting course. There you go. For those of you who didn't listen to the last segment, go back and check it out. All right. What else you got for us, Ryan? Well, um, on this day in 1914, Mother's Day is established by the U.S. Congress as the second Sunday in May. And for those of you who uh, didn't realize that Mother's Day was coming up this Sunday, now is the time to, if you can, go out, buy cards, flowers, chocolates, and uh, you know, appreciate your mother this weekend. I just want to say, hi, Mom. I love you, if you're listening. I know my mom was tuned in a little bit earlier, so uh, hopefully she's listening. And say hi, Mom, to mine as well. Gotta, gotta love the moms. Yep. Without them, we wouldn't be here. 
That's quite literally very true. <laughs> very true, sir. All right, let's keep it rolling. 1945, 75 years ago today, a jubilant world celebrated VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. It was proclaimed by England's Prime Minister Winston Churchill when the Allies in World War II finally defeated Nazi Germany. I know I had mentioned it yesterday, but today was the day that was celebrated as uh, Victory in Europe Day. Yeah, I mean, uh, things would have gone completely different if the other side had won. Uh, You can only imagine what this world would look like today if that was the case. And actually, there's a great show on uh, Amazon called The Man in the High Castle that has that sort of alternative history. Uh, Well worth checking out if you're shut in and need something to watch. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. That sounds super interesting. I will check that out. All right. Here's another piece of uh this is movie history may 8th 1963 dr no first in the james bond series premieres in the u.s it starred sean connery as 007 however it was not the first james bond movie the first james bond movie was a live tv broadcast of casino royale later remade with uh, Daniel Craig, but yeah, Sean Connery was not the first James Bond. Um, I forget the actor's name. Does it have it there? Was in it the Roger ra- Moore? Was it Roger no, Moore? No, Roger Moore came after Sean Connery. Okay. And then it was Timothy yeah, then Dalton, I- then Pierce Brosnan, then um, uh, Daniel Craig. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. I'll, we'll have to, I'll have to check that out, see who the, uh, the Ridge was. Now, who was your favorite Bond, or is? You know, I love Connery. I just, yeah, Connery's great. I, I thought Brosnan was great as well. Um, I kind of grew up during that. Time. I grew up during that era, so when I was coming up, Brosnan was was Bond. So I, you know, so it's between those two for me. But I'm gonna go with Connery just just because he's got that swag. Yeah, the golden eye days with Brosnan, uh, you know, definitely uh, good memories growing up as a, you know, early teen. All right, Ryan, we've got one uh, time for one more quick story before we got to get out of here for the weekend. All right, well, let's skip over the sad ones. Let me just do two quick ones. 1970, the Beatles album Let It Be was released. And on this day in 1978, the first ascent of Mount Everest without supplemental oxygen was achieved by... Reinhold Messner and Peter Habeler. So let's uh, let's climb into the weekend. Everybody, enjoy yourselves. Be safe. Have a good time. I couldn't say it any better myself, folks. Join us on Monday and every day from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And, uh, you know, leave us some comments on Facebook, on Instagram. Let us know how you're enjoying the show. And, uh, you know, pitch in. We, We love the interaction. Folks, have a great weekend, and we will see you next week.